I hope you had dinner. I have a dinner first. So because I want to ensure that everything is okay, then we jump into it. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to K-Self Mastery Live Your Life With A Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Noel Kamilah binti Muhammad Sharif. And in this episode, we have Ben Fernando. I am an NLP practitioner as well. There's a lot of similarity mm-hmm. with NLP and hypnotherapy. I go deeper to hypnosis. So, how long have you been doing hypnosis? Two to three years, around there. What is hypnosis uh, to the listeners who's listening? Okay, hypnosis. Hypnosis is actually a process. It's a bit like guided visualization. Mm-hmm. Of course, in sense like. Uh, a lot of people say, okay, hypnosis is a trance. Hypnosis is an altered state. But I believe that hypnosis is a playing of our perception, even in life. So with hypnosis, we tap along direct to the subconscious mind, and it's not like what we see in the movie, which <laughs> sleep is not working that way as in the movie. Mm. The rapport, actually, the connection between us, the person that actually I help to. Enjoy the experience of even a street hypnosis. Actually, agree. So mm. I don't believe in doing hypnosis that put a person in shame that they mm. would feel bad after that. Mm. Uh, we tap into our subconscious mind rather than our conscious mind, yeah. which uh, the part that I feel that for me is where I'm comfortable and I'm happy with doing it. Yeah. So hypnosis is really just like a guided meditation, if you want to say at a layman term. Mm, beautiful, yeah. So don't worry, you know, if you are a bit wary about what hypnosis is, it's not harmful. Because I myself, as a neuro linguistic practitioner, I sometimes do practice a bit of hypnosis with my client, and it's completely safe. Like what men said, that it's it's just like guided visualization can look like meditation as well. For yours, you did quite a fair bit. It's like very comprehensive. I quite like how you are doing for the group. Because I believe this is what we need, especially now, which there's a lot, a lot of people need our help. Mm. And even for me, that's why I keep looking for somebody to work together with. For my side, I coach more to release the past. My core belief is if we have a clean past, we will have a clarity of the future. In sense of I don't want to put my limitation to my client. So mm. in the end, my approach is more to I will open up. I become lighthouse. It's like right. this is who you are. This is your surrounding, and you can go to whichever direction that you want to go. It sounds similar to what I'm doing as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really direct my clients to where they want to go. Yeah, because mm. they all have their own answers, right? What they want. So we just empower that. Okay. Right. With hypnotherapy, I believe even now this is the core belief that I have. So for me, I normally will be mm-hmm. the fastest I can help you to be out of the issue. The happier I will become. You'll be sharing with us a bit more about the time when you mentioned that you went blind. So doctors said that you didn't have a chance to regain your ninety percent of the eyesight back. What caused the blindness, and what was the actual diagnosis? How old were you when you woke up and then suddenly you mm. lost your eyesight? I- And I was in my uni until now. We don't know what is the actual causes of that. So what happened way back then is, out of a sudden, when I wake up, if I close my right eye, then I will just see pitch black. So my right eye still be able to see as normal. So in progression of a week or so, then both of them deteriorate down. My left, I can see a, a dot of light, but my right 
become deteriorated a lot until when I go to Malaysia, the Sarawak site for the hospital. I'm in Indonesia, but I don't really go to Indonesia hospital on that particular time. I go to the stage where the doctor actually take my spine liquid, then they send to Australia for a check because they say maybe the same sickness that I have with whatever they are doing a research on. Apparently, everything is negative. He told my aunt saying that we cannot do anything with this boy. I've been penalized by a doctor. You、mm. will not be able to cure. The only、mm. thing is just to hold on that particular vision, wise, which is like ninety percent gone. And whatever happened, I, we are so sorry that nothing we can do, nothing we can help.、Mm. Then when the doctor told me, he only say, "Okay, there's an injection that you can take, but this injection cannot help you to cure." It can only help you to prevent your eyes to get worse. So I told the doctor, if I cannot get worse than now, and I cannot stop taking that injection,、mm. so I rejected the injection, and that's why I feel that I need to. I thought that the only way is to suicide. That like I don't want to be a parasite for my family. That is my bad thought. Is like, hey, you are IT student. Do you ever see a blind programmer before? How can I earn money? How can I survive in this world? And that particular doctor words of saying that I we cannot do anything with this boy is the one that keep running into my brain. It's like even a doctor, especially, say nothing they can do.、Mm. And I'm still so young. I mean, twenty for me is like actually still so young. There's a long way. Who will fit? Who will fit me in sense of? It's not I fit my parents. It's like my parents need to keep feeding me. Mm. So the bad thought coming is like, okay, maybe you should end your life this way.、Mm. So that particular wake up call is the one when I actually I wanted to jump. Then the voice come in and say, "Do you think everything will end when you jump, or is just a beginning of something worse when you actually jump?"、Mm. Uh, it shook me off quite a fair bit. That's a wake up call for me to say, "Okay, I'm not gonna take my life." But I need to find something that I can change my own self.、Mm. Yeah. So when you were saying that you heard the voice, was it coming from your deeper consciousness, like your higher self, or something like that?、Uh, I'm at my grandfather's house. I stay in the third floor. Everybody is on the second floor. Nobody actually will go up except me because my room is there.、Mm. Is the voice is really, really very obvious, as in quite esoteric, as we say, lah. <laughs> okay, right, right. So you had that moment、uh, when you were just about to leap off the building, and then you heard a、mm. voice, and then that gave you a shock, right? And then that was your turning point that you decided to do something about your blindness, or also、uh, what happened. Yes, it's the one that I say. Okay,、uh, I will not take my life,、mm. but I need to change. And at that particular time, I say, if I can be cured, I wanted to use my body and my time to actually help people. When the whole thing okay already, like in the end, after I keep looking and looking and looking and see my pattern, take a lot of mentorship. She guide me through the whole thing to open up my vision and more of my awareness. Yes, I have. Promise myself that I wanted to use my time and all of my effort to actually help people.、Mm, okay. At the same time, at that particular time, I don't know how to. Which、right. 
I read a lot. I learn a lot. But in the end of the day, it's like there's always a blind spot that I cannot see. Mm. Only until my mentor come in and say, you know that you have blind spot. I still remember that day as clear as possible that when she actually write down the Johari window. Mm. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't see this part of me. My journey become a lot more intensive. When my darkest moment that time, which I don't know where I want to go for, is where I know that mentorship and coach is really, really substantially needed. If I don't have a coach at that particular time or the mentor, I think I'll still be in the sense like, uh-oh, where should I go? Can right. I do this? Can I do that? We were always bound to the fear. Right. It's like, oh. I have tried this. I have. I have lost. I have. I have done photography. In the end of the day, it's like everything go down. Mm. I reach the highest peak, and after that, it's just die down. Mm. That's why there's a place where I ask myself, what's wrong? I shoot for Indonesia royal wedding, so I mm. don't think it's easy for a photographer to reach a royal wedding opportunity. But after that, it's like let's go down. <laughs> mm. I thought that okay, let's do other things. Maybe I should try to work again. After it reached the peak, then it died down. Mm. I think in one sense, I see the pattern. Mm. Okay, what should I do with this pattern? Mm. Right. right. Uh, so it's, it's quite scary. Okay, my bank account will die down soon at the same time. Like, mm. Where should I go? And mm. so in other words, you were on this journey to develop your self-mastery. When you mm. noticed your pattern... That you know, right. when you pursue something, you reach the peak, and then it tends to die down, and then All you right. were wondering how come this is happening, and you saw that it's going to impact your bank balance, <laughs> and then you decided to do something about it, right? What is my purpose of living if this is what I supposed to experience? It's like always at the peak, and it's always going down. So always at the peak and always going down. Like what you say is. Correct. It's like I start my self journey. There is one time that I I told her that uh I need your I think I need your help because I see a pattern on my side repeating again. I don't know where to go for. I only know that you are the one that I know that can help me at the current moment. And she said, "Okay, let's let's keep doing our session for me to guide you through." So I follow up the process. And in the end, I found out there's a lot of things that I need to be clear up myself. At the same time, that when the journey come, she told me is now is your decision time. What you want to do, you can't always accept that you are at the bottom, and you need to go somewhere. So we laid out all of the choice. It's like should I go back to my photography because I'm no. I enjoy. I can, and I'm actually good at it. Or should I go for other part? But in the end, when I really, really sit down, I really, really just listen to myself. The one that keep coming in is like, why not you relearn your hypnosis? You learned that before. I have forgotten the whole thing. So when I say, okay, I think my body wanted me to learn hypnotherapy. Yeah, I learned hypnotherapy. In one session that I do my own self work, I really, uh, in NLP we say we regress back. I regress back to the time that I'm playing hypnosis with my brother. I still remember that I fell very badly on the first few round. Then I keep reading over and over. And I, yeah, 
I remember actually I learned hypnosis before, but I put it aside. So it's like mm. a godsend, right? <laughs> that you happen to have these people around you when at the time when you needed the most. I, I guess when you started to say, hey, you know, I want to move a different path, I think the universe will just align itself and then give you all the resources that's already been given to you. You just need to be open to receiving the help that you probably right. need, right? And that's I really I mean. feel that very, very strongly because... Mm. I feel that once we surrender, as per se, and say that, okay, I want to do something with the honest intention, the universe is really, really like, are you sure that you want this? Okay, mm-hmm. I will let you and experience that. For a certain reason, uh, something opened up inside my own self saying that gratitude. Why not you try to be thankful of what is still there? Mm-hmm. You are blind, but you are not deaf. You are blind, but you still can feel. You are blind, but you still can actually think very, very clearly. Why not you embrace that and you see whether or not what happened with that blindness, what is behind that blindness. So I start my gratitude way of my own approach since that day. I start to feel like, okay, I'm blind. So what can I enjoy out of this blindness? Maybe my hearing become better. Maybe my feeling become better. So I try to play around with it. Enjoy how the wind touch my hand. Enjoy how to, like the bird listening, like listen to the bird sound here and there. And the next day is really for me, like when I wake up, I say, okay, now what can I do? What can I be thankful for? So I start to sit down outside. Then I start to hear for the first time that I notice that there's a bird around like they just like playing around. I can hear clearly where the bird actually singing from. Is it left? Is it right? Then they move around. Then I start to feel that even the weather is damn hot, but the wind is still touching my hand. How the wind touch my hand and stuff. It's like, I, have to say, hey, I never feel such happy before, even with my eyesight. And it prolonged until the time that in the end, uh, I go turn into my religion. And even the leader of the religion asked me, are you thinking of taking a medicine, which is an injection that the doctor say, or are you trying to look deep inside of what actually happened to you? So I replied to him saying that it's an easy choice. I'm not going to take the medicine. I wanted to fix myself. And this is, I think, what I'm supposed to work on. So everything starts from there, which I start to search in what is inside. And the question of who I am is keep on ringing over and over again. Yeah. I see. I see. Well, so um, what I'm hearing from you is that your experience of being blind suddenly, um, and then you felt initially there was like a sense of hopelessness that you mm. wanted to take your own life and then because of the calling, you know, like a voice telling you to not go ahead with it and then you decided to, uh, you know, embrace being blind and then you start to uh, go into practicing gratitude and then from that practice alone, you uh, managed to heighten your five senses somehow 
your your senses like your sense of touch and your hearing suddenly becomes more uh vibrant and more uh you, you felt more alive than you were when you had your eyesight and and that somehow is like a new chapter for you to suddenly like realize your potential your capabilities that you you know somehow is telling you that your eyesight is not a hindrance for you to experience the joy in life was that the message that you got correct But, mm. and in sense that it's also tell me something that nothing in this world is actually permanent it really really can be gone just a matter of seconds may and when i notice about that that i start to think have i actually take things for granted have we actually really embrace what we have even now like yes now covid is around everywhere but people always feel that we are entitled to have water we are entitled to have life we are entitled to actually talk with each other as per now but how about other country like even at current moment like the shift is there so since that day i feel that yes i don't entitled with anything even my eyesight i don't have any injury i don't have any incident it's just like okay you don't you can't see anymore so in the sense i i see world differently and i think that even my journey of up and down it actually teach me that no matter what you know if you need to go down you will go down as fast or as slow as possible but it's just something that you need to embrace with Yeah. yeah. So what you shared is very powerful because as human beings sometimes we take things for granted like what we have right before us we we're just using it happily like even your our eyesight right we are able to see colors we are able to know where we are going we can avoid any uh, barriers or navigate ourselves our way back to where wherever we want to go your experience suddenly is just taken away from you just like that <laughs> and yeah. you, then you realize that wow you know what we have can be taken away so easily in in a blink uh, of an eye and the next moment you you no longer have what you have anymore grand skill is like what you mentioned covid 19 that's happening in the world so back then we had the freedom to socialize we had the freedom to go out now before going out we have to think once and twice <laughs> so yeah. last time when we we had that freedom we took it for granted right live your life with purpose my childhood is not a happy childhood as well so i truly understand when people say i don't have beautiful childhood i'm a very bad family but i don't see it as a reason for us to be bad at the same time or feel down at the same time because my father have always be a drunkard way before so he always drink alcohol he will always get angry so he make me think why is he becoming this way and why should i experience this since young so i don't feel any attachment to my parents because what i can see is the fight and at that particular time I say to myself if I can help my father get out all of this issue with my hypnotherapy then I will do hypnotherapy to help other people but if I cannot help my father 
I cannot convince myself that I'm good enough to help other people. But my mentor did tell me that please don't remove the father and son relationship. I help him without saying anything about therapy. Apparently, since that day, he purged out all of his grudge. And my mom said one week after the session, he started to be able to smile. And he never touched alcohol, even a seat. So when I call him, I say, how is everything now? Oh, I'm good. And I feel weird. I don't have any yearning to even think of alcohol anymore. And my relationship with him built up since that particular day. Out of 30 over years, I never actually can call my dad to say, how are you? Or really talk to him. Yeah. If he talked to me when I'm in Singapore, it's only, hello, yes, I'm good. Okay, I'll talk to you next time. Then I never call back. Hmm. But now he'll be able to actually share what he feels, how he, how he sees things. And when I see that feedback, it's where I say I should start to help people. Hmm. So, so being yeah. able to support your family member and noticing that there is a significant shift in his uh, drinking behavior, like he's no longer drinking alcohol after your session, that gives you the conviction to, to decide that this is it. You have this gift and this skill to be able to help others. Yeah, which is not only the alcohol side. Mm. Because the beauty part that I see is I don't even mention anything about alcohol. Mm. Uh, I don't even mention anything about really like let go of all of the grudge that you have mm. because I don't know what happened to him. Mm-mm. So when I see him that my mom say, yeah, normally he will always get angry without any reason. And even that is gone. It's mm. like he managed to release himself. Right. So this is the part that I feel, uh, yeah, maybe that is where I'm supposed to go for. Mm. But I didn't see me as I have that gift because mm. even until now, I keep on studying like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So this is the part that I see if, if someone with 40 over years or even more kind of grudge actually can be helped, why not others? And mm. there's not too late to have a beautiful life starting from now. Yeah. It sounds like you address the root cause of the alcohol problem. Your father's been holding on to a lot of grudge and then alcohol is just a byproduct of that, keeping Correct. to that grudge. Yeah. So Correct. and then you actually address the root cause of the problem and then it, there were many other things that surfaced after you addressed that root cause and then or alcohol just collapsed. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just okay. uh, so we flick the root cause, the whole thing just kind of, yeah, 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 that's great. So it's fun, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing about personal discovery. The path towards self mastery is that you, you need to understand the root cause of your behaviors, your thought patterns. Why you that's why the question of who am I is very important when you're on a journey of self discovery. Yes. So it started with you, you ask yourself, Who am I? and then you from there you found your answer and then you're able to help others find out who they are as well and that Mm. you know whatever that's their habits or behaviors that's not who they really are and then you just like got rid of all those patterns and then they got connected to who they really are at the core the first time i do hypnotherapy because in my mind it's like i always wanted to help the person if hypnotherapy not allowing me to help that person i will not have the confidence so I gotten a very, very difficult subject, which mm. is my own friend. No matter how I try, 
the person cannot go to hypnosis. No matter how many times I try, he just keeps saying that I don't feel anything. Mm. Uh, I see the result. Like he cannot sleep. And now he can sleep. But he still cannot feel that he is in hypnosis. I really surrender and say, I want this person to know that he can go to hypnosis. What should I do? And what should I learn? Mm. That is where I found mesmerism, which is the ancient hypnosis. Uh, when I learned that, I tried back on him, really go deep. Even mm. I, I tried to wake him up, touch the ear, touch the face and stuff. He just relaxed, he slipped down there. Oh, it's mesmerism. So I go to that path. Mm. And the path where I feel that, okay, now I'm ready and I want to learn to have difficult clients. I wanted to help. The next day, a client of mine messaged me and said, I have a son which is an Asperger. A lot of female therapists don't want to accept. Mm. Then I daily like, I just talked to my mentor yesterday that I want a difficult client. So it's just a peer. Mm. So that's my belief. It's, it's just a path is there. Whether you want to accept it or not, mm. it's a different story. So you want challenging cases? You want to work mm. with challenging cases? Because I feel that a person that have a, such a low state in their life, if I can bring them up, to a mm. level they can live. After I managed to pull them out, then they will say, uh, something that I forget to tell you. Actually, I was having a suicidal thought before I come to your session. And you never address the suicidal thought. But now I don't have that anymore. In fact, I'm looking forward for my life. I think there is no money can replace that for me. It's, like, it's, it's the part that I feel that this is where, why I love what I do. Mm. And... That particular thing is the one that keeps me alive to keep on pursuing what I need to pursue. Mm. You feel more fulfilled helping those with challenging situations, right? So for you, you just saw an opening for them and you didn't want to just right away say no because you have a stand in your work that you're doing and you know that it's going to help them. So of course, it makes sense for you to want to welcome them with open arms yeah. although I cannot I cannot stop people from going out mm. uh, I have a, quite a fair bit of people say uh, yeah I have a suicidal uh, thought actually I have the attempt way before maybe they are not ready and I keep hoping that they are they meet the correct therapies keep following up the next week and the week after just to ensure that everything is still okay if it's not me that help, you can actually find other people to help. Mm. Because client and therapist, I still believe that the connection is still needed. It's mm. like, it's the same therapy skill, but if it's not match your personality or who you are, you might not uh, yeah. be convenient to uh, be helped with that therapy. Yeah, so, exactly. And in sense, like, when I see that in myself, I say, okay, uh, as long as I follow up just to ensure the person is okay, then maybe they can actually keep pushing themselves to find a therapy. So you actually see them through, you wanted to make sure that they do something about their suicidal thoughts and all that, and that make sure that they are in a safe hand. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Got it. Got it. I think we've reached at the end of the podcast, and I really thank you for you know being so vulnerable in your share. I hope that it will touch some of our listeners who may be going through some tough times and they just feel like there's no way out or there's no avenue out. Uh, They can find inspiration in your story and how you find strength to see gratitude 
in whatever there is in whatever life has to offer. Mm, huh? yeah. mm, or oh, they can actually find me through your Facebook group because I am there. We need to grow this together, and mm. I cannot grow mental health area by myself. Mm. By having you, like the group, is actually a very good avenue for us to keep in touch with each other. Uh, last week, when I do my other uh, awareness that I'm doing through my mentor, when she guide me through. I gotten a message: is we are who we are. Mm. We will not go more or more go less. We cannot be someone that we are not ready to be. And there is no circumstances outside that can change who we actually is. If we see just a sentence, it sounds like it's a depressing sound. It's like, oh, you are who you are. Nothing more, nothing less. But when we go deeper, we can only be something that we want to be if we manage to change ourselves from the inside. Mm-hmm. There is. If we want to fly, caterpillar need to be a butterfly. If you don't want to be a butterfly, then you forever will not be able to. Fly. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing is that uh, no matter the environment, if you don't want that change, then it's not nothing's going to happen to you. But okay. if you move something from within yourself, no matter the circumstances, you will still grow into a beautiful butterfly. That's beautiful. I I also can resonate well with that as well because see, I am not my circumstances. Sometimes we can be. In a very supportive environment, you know, change can never happen if you're not ready to yes, be that right. change, right? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for the beautiful message. Want to live your life with purpose? Book your first coaching session with me at camillahms.com.